Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 254. My name is Brando. Another fun one for you today. Thanks for hanging out on this Guns N' Roses-themed Bar Mitzvah party of your broadcast where we look at life through Guns N' Roses-colored glasses. Uh, later on, for Appetite for Discovery, we're going to meet Leo Duke, young Guns N' Roses fan with the band Crimson Wing. So we're going to discover his new band. We're going to learn all about his Guns N' Roses fandom. Again, the segment Appetite for Discovery. But first, we're going to be speaking with the co-author of a brand new book, Nothing But a Good Time, The Uncensored History of the 80s Hard Rock Explosion. Uh, it's co-authored by Tom Bijol, but today we're going to get the other author of it, uh, Richard Beinstock. Hey, Richard. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. I, I've listened to your podcast many times. So, Oh, you have? Thank oh, yeah. you. Yeah. What episodes have you listened to? Uh You've had, um, I mean, just doing research for the book. I mean, like you've had guys like Chris Weber on, right? Sure. And um, and you've had Raz on. I think I've listened to that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I've listened to I've listened to many episodes. Awesome, Rich. Thank you. So, since you know what I'm all about, please tell me what uh, what about Guns N' Roses you have in Nothing But a Good Time, the uncensored history of the '80s. Yeah, well, I mean, the Guns N' Roses story, and I certainly don't need to tell you this, is like I think what a lot of people don't understand is how convoluted it is in the early days of that band and how it's hard as much of a fan as I am I've always found it hard to just follow exactly what goes on because like you know so many so many guys are in and out of the band and like Slash is in Hollywood Rose and he's not in Hollywood Rose and then like Axel's in LA Guns and he's not in LA Guns and like they're called Hollywood Rose they're called Rose they're called Axel you're like what the hell is going on Hmm. right so I think one of the things that we tried to do in the book is really tell that early story in a very hopefully clear and concise way. And so we really went after a lot of these early guys. I mean, Tracy Guns, um, I've known for a long time and he was just super helpful in cool. telling that part of the story. But then, you know, Chris Weber's in there and uh, Steve Darrow's in there. Um, nice. You know, I mean, Duff is in there obviously and Steven like Slash and all, and all of them. But um, a lot of the early guys, are in there. Rob Gardner, we spoke yeah. to. So you get this really, I hope, um, clear picture of those early days. And then, you know, you, you also have the guys like Billy Rowe from Jet Boy talking about it because he was friendly with them in the early days. So yeah. we really tried to, and Alan Niven, um, who comes in later, but gave a lot of insight. But, you know, we wanted to tell that sort of Hollywood Rose story very clearly because i think it's a just a very important part not only of the guns and roses story but just about the development of the sunset strip scene that sort of second wave that happens after your motley's and your rats and your dockins um are off the strip and on the major labels absolutely i mean you don't need me to tell you you really did your research on this you got more guys uh than i've gotten a chance to interview you know steve darrow is big you know i'm glad you interviewed raz q who was who put Axel in LA guns for a few shows. 
is there anything that you were surprised by, I guess, when, when researching the early days of, of Guns N' Roses? I think, um, you know, I don't know that I would say surprised because I think I always had the sense of like these guys, you know, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like Axel is just a unique figure and Axel, you, the, you, you see that he was just always Axel, like the way he acts when he's famous is the way he acts when he's just, you know, a guy living on the strip and has nothing, doesn't have a penny to his name. So like, that's a good thing to see because he's really genuine and you know, what you're seeing on stage, the reason people are so attracted to him fans and also guys in bands is because he's the real deal and that doesn't change, you know? And like, if you, if you want to be around him, like you just kind of have to hang on and go for the ride. Um, but I think, you know, if anything, I, I found some of the stories about him, you know, I think it gave a, a, a good insight into who he was beyond just that guy. Like you hear, we did a whole deep dive into the origins of the cat house. So, you know, talking okay. to Tammy down and Ricky Rackman and talking to um, this guy, Joseph Brooks, who was the DJ there, who was a very famous DJ at the huh. time. And a lot of, you know, one of the stories that comes up and it came up because I actually just, talked to somebody who was just happened to be a cat house regular at the time. And he just offhandedly said like, yeah, you'd go every week and you'd see Axel doing the Axel dance, like on the <laughs> dance floor. And I was on like, huh, that's floor. an interesting thing to say. <laughs> and so then I started asking other people about it and like asking Joseph Brooks, who was the DJ. And he's like, Oh, absolutely. You know? And he's like, and I knew what song to play in order to get him out there. He's like, if I played like, for instance, whole lot of Rosie by ACDC. It's like Axel would leave the DJ booth. He'd be down on the dance floor. Didn't care if there was anyone else out there. Like he would just do his Axel dance, like on the dance floor, you know? And like, <laughs> you know, and you don't think of Axel Rose that way. Like you don't think of him as this like social guy really in any way, but he's also still being himself because he's just doing his own thing. Like everyone else be damned, but you get some of these cool, insights into him, you know, beyond just Axl Rose, you know, the sort of guy prowling the stage and out for blood. Right on. How long did it take for you to put this all together? Because you really obviously did your homework and we're just talking about one band right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, cause the homework is I'm sure just like with you, it's like a lifetime, right? True. It's just what I've been sort of doing my whole life. But as far as like when we officially started the book, my co-author and I was probably like 20, 2017 was mm -hmm. when we were like, we're going to do this. And then, you know, and then here we are today. But if the first couple of years of that, we're literally just going out and doing interviews. Right on. Rich, this was a pleasure. I hope to speak with you again. I, obviously, there's so much more to pick your your brain about uh, Guns N' Roses wise. And obviously, a lot of other bands that have that six degrees of GNR bacon, as I like to call a connection. So, uh, <laughs> Rich, you're always welcome back anytime. Yeah. And I would say, Brandon, if you want to have us on the show one day, like we'd be happy to, to stop by. We'll do that. I'll, we'll get both of you guys on. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. We're absolutely going to get Richard and, and Tom on again for a, an extended conversation about the book and about the 80s. And I'm also thinking I'm going to invite Matt Wake, our journalist friend from AL.com, to that conversation because it's going to be great. He interviewed them as well for because uh, they're they're making the rounds. This book is extremely popular right now, and obviously the the six seven minutes we just spoke right now is not enough. And I got to say, I'm just flattered when I hear I have heard that before that people will listen to this podcast in preparation for the interview. But it seems like they did research 
through this podcast. Wow. That's really cool. You should be proud of yourselves because so many of these guests and conversations that we've had are because of you and your guest suggestions and your great questions. So very cool. So look forward to another conversation, a much longer in-depth conversation with uh, Richard Beinstock uh, about the uh, Nothing But A Good Time, the uncensored history of the 80s hard rock explosion. Uh, But right now we move on to a segment we like to call Appetite for Discovery. I just want to bury appetite. That's the goal. Bury appetite. For discovery. So appetite for discovery, a new segment. And I want to say it's from Andrew from Ireland who helped me coin that that phrase for this new segment where we, you know, we, we talk to bands. We talk to you know bands who actually have new music. Subtle hint. Let's talk about the music that's here. Let's talk about the people that are here. I should have asked you before, but I'm only semi-professional, Leo. How do I pronounce your last name? Uh, you can just call me Leo Duke. Leo, uh, I got Leo. a longer last name, but uh, I prefer to go uh, by Leo Duke on stage. Leo Duke. I like that. All right. That sounds like a rocker name. Cause, so Leo, reached. He's a, I, I, I've said this over the course of the podcast as well. There are certain names that I recognize, people that comment a lot or instant message me. I keep going back to instant message. I have this AOL brain. Uh, direct message me or private message me. And I, I, I appreciate because the reason why I'm doing this and I'm still able to interview cool people are, are people like Leo and those of you who listen to this podcast. And my kind of, I don't, I don't want to call it a gift. It's a, it's a joint experience. Wow, that sounds, that sounds pervy. It's, it, I, I want to be able to share this joy of this Guns N' Roses podcast with you guys that you allow me to do. So if I have opportunities to allow you to co-host or to do the fan obsession segment where you talk about your fandom or to promote your band. Which is, has a little fan obsession in there because obviously Leo is a GNR fan, which is why he follows uh, the podcast. And you and I were talking on Zoom right now. You're, you're rocking the, a GNR shirt at the moment. Which one do you got? Yeah, I got the. Uh, it's a not in this lifetime. Shirt. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna turn around. It says not in this lifetime. Nice. But, uh, and I got it uh, at their Gillette Stadium show in Foxborough, Mass. Um, okay. Yeah. So are you, you're from Massachusetts? Yes. Uh, I'm from Massachusetts. Uh, oh, my band, my whole band is from Massachusetts actually. Well, you, A, you have no accent. So congratulations. I know, right? My, my dad, when, when my dad was growing up, he grew up in, in, uh, near Boston. But, uh, my, my grandmother was pretty, uh, um, adamant about him not using the Boston accent for some reason. Okay. So just, uh, I guess. That's cool for you from Massachusetts. Where about Massachusetts? Because I've been, you know, around Boston area. Yeah, we're uh, we're around Lowell. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I live mainly around Lowell. Um, uh, I, and me and uh, my guitar player Richie live around Lowell, and uh, we also have people in uh, Boylston. Yeah, pretty much. We're we're spread all out. So I want to know about you because you reached out, and I'm always putting out there. I want the fans to be involved in the podcast. Mm. So you told me about your band Crimson Wing, yes, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so, we, uh, so like, tell us like what you play. Like, what do you tell us about the band? Sure. Yeah. So uh, we uh, we started in I want to say May of 2019. We really started then. Uh, 
it's it, it it all kind of came in formation when I met uh, my bass player Matt um, in a at, at college. Essentially, we were doing an orientation, and uh, somewhere I mentioned like I, I love I love uh, metal music, like classic metal music, and he came up to me. He was like, you "Like metal?" I was like, "Yeah, man. Uh, what do you, what do you listen to?" He's like, "I, I like a." Uh, uh, the really heavy shit like uh, Infinite Annihilator, like Ab- uh, Abbott, and I'm like, cool. I like Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we we kind of stuck together, and uh, we kept teaching each other a lot of stuff about like the different bands that were around the scene, and yeah, eventually we were like, look, we should probably make something about out, out of this because we we've been jamming for a long time, and we were like, yeah, let's let's start a band. So, first thing we looked for was a drummer uh, and, a, and another guitar player. Uh, so Matt recommended his his friend uh, Julian, who is a phenomenal musician and uh, a great guy. Um, you are twenty. You're twenty one now. How old were all of you at the time when you were putting this band together? Like, how uh, old is the band? Yeah, uh, I I think I, it, we were we were still like. In uh, uh, trying to uh, figure out everything, um, so we we started when we were eighteen, I guess. So high school or fresh out of? No, fresh out of high school. Okay, um, literally like a week and a half out of high school. Okay, there you go. Um, we're done yeah. with high school. Let's start a band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we kind of uh, kept in touch with uh, Julian. And right after our freshman year ended, we started actually rehearsing and writing stuff. Um, I, I brought some uh, songs I had into the rehearsal, Alien, uh, the first uh, single off the EP. Uh, and we just, we kept going at it. And uh, originally, Jillian was going to be the guitar player until we ended up getting a gig. So he had, he had a drum for that. And then... Around the fall of 2019, our guitar player Richie Richard uh, Rich Jennings, he came in and he blew us away. So we were like, "Yeah, we gotta get this guy in the band." And he he's contributed so much to this group. It's it it's just a great group of guys. And uh, yeah, he ended up getting us our first gig at a, a little house party in. Well, that's yeah, how it's, I, that's I, how it starts. House parties. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was just a bunch of bunch of kids getting together, having fun, and uh, yeah, we we played our first gig in Alston, I believe it was. Yeah, so, Alston Rock City—that's what they call it. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, um, I, I I had I don't think she lives there anymore, but I used to spend a lot of time there with friends, and that wow, that was a really fun rock and roll rockabilly town. You know, yeah, I gotta say, I was like, I wish we had a place like this on Long Island where it was just all this cool punk rock music and just like in the rockabilly scene and a good rock scene in general. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, right yeah. on. So uh, it's cool going back to before we they're talking. Uh, your buddy was talking about the like heavy heavy metal that he listens to. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, I like Motley Crue. Which yeah. is, which and is Guns what, Roses, of course. Yeah, of course. And that's where I'm leading to. You're obviously, we talked about your GNR shirt. And also, yeah. I'm looking over as we're talking on Zoom. You know, you have the Beatles poster with Abbey Road. So, yeah. for someone who 
you know, is on the younger side of things in the spectrum. I mean, we're all, you know, when I was uh, 21, I thought I was old. I'm 37 now. I think I'm, I'm old, and there's a 57-year-old listening who's laughing at me. So that's all perspective. But I, my, my, my question is leading to, my thoughts leading to, you know, how did your influences come about? Do you have older siblings, your parents? How did you get into, you know, uh, GNR and the younger bands? Yeah. The older well, bands, rather. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my dad is, he's been a musician for most of his life. Uh, he went to, uh, he used to be a concert tuba player. Okay. And then he ended up uh, uh, having some issues playing uh, playing the tuba, so um, he ended up moving over to bass. Uh, and he he's been playing in uh, little, little cover bands for most, pretty much all of my life. I think. Huh. Uh, that's cool. That's that's actually how um, he ended up meeting my mom. They they all met at a gig. Nice. Um, but yeah, they were big fans of like older music and like uh, uh, or the music of their of their time, um, like like Alice Cooper, uh, Elton John. My mom would tell me about like how she went to go see Motorhead and Alice Cooper and all all the big guys. Um, and my dad would tell similar stories. Um, Good parenting, right there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we he, they would play stuff for like for me for like um like just to broaden my mind musically. Like I they would play uh my dad especially would play the Police. Okay. But um and a uh, Kiss. He, he's big into Kiss. Um, right. My mom actually would get me the old Muppet Show DVDs where, uh, like, Elton John, I was an Elton John, still am an Elton John nut uh, today because, you know, that's really what got me in, into, like, the idea of playing music. Um, yeah, that's cool. See, I, I have, even for my age group, because uh, Elton is, he was, like, already an established artist already when I was growing yeah. up, but I remember the first time seeing Elton was on Alvin and the Chipmunks. There was this whole there was really? there was a VHS released where it was like just like the video for Crocodile Rock and they would animate Alvin in it and they did the same thing with Beat It Michael Jackson. I think, oh, no kidding! I, I think Little Richard was actually in it, and that that really? that shaped my youth as far as like what I liked when I was really young. Uh, for yeah. me, GNR didn't come until later, but for you, you know, to take your time to. To want to be on a GNR podcast, to obviously listen to a Guns N' Roses podcast as my cat. You know. yeah. I'm going to start. As yeah, we, um, again, but, uh, sorry, we get that, got distracted by my, my, my cat because came out of nowhere. He's sitting yeah. he's sitting underneath the uh, the Slash portrait. Yeah. Sorry, go, go ahead. So how did the, uh, the GNR the Guns thing happen? And, Guns N' Roses came in um, around when I was eight because I... I got introduced to Guitar Hero at a summer camp that I was going to. Guitar Hero. And I was like, I got, I got to get. The, I told my parents, I got to get the Guitar Hero game, and uh, they got it for me for Christmas. And I ended up playing it a while, and eventually we got to the point in the game where you got to battle Slash and play Welcome to the Jungle. And when I heard Welcome to the Jungle, I was just like this band is insane. And I didn't, I didn't even realize Slash was the guy who wrote Welcome to the Jungle. I thought, I thought he was a made up character. And it was just, a, uh, so I went, I went to my dad. Slash I, not real. Yes. Like Slash South, real, like South Park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, That's great. So we ended up, 
uh, the next, um, like maybe like a little while later, maybe a couple months later, I, I was telling my dad, hey, I want to be this guy for Halloween. And he was like, you want to be Slash? And I'm like, how'd you get to that level already? That's not unlocked on, on Guitar Hero. How do you know his name? He's like, dude, Slash is a real person. I'm like, wait, what? So he brings That's me to the- hilarious. Yeah, he, bring, he brought me over to the computer, YouTube's Guns N' Roses. I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> insane. And I became a slash nut from that moment on. Um, at this point, I think I've seen him maybe six times. No, no, five times. Uh, three with Solo, two with Guns, um, which, which another thing. My, yeah, um I was going to see him the sixth time this summer at, at uh, Fenway Park. Uh, or oh, last summer. Hopefully this summer, though. I was even thinking about going to that. I, I, I want to go to Fenway. I, I would go for a, a band. I'll, t- yeah. I'll go going back to the beginning of the conversation. Even if I didn't wear any Yankee stuff, I just feel like the Red Sox fans would smell me. They just smell Yankee fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh they wow! Working around you, yeah. But thank you for sharing that story. That is amazing. That yeah, is amazing I, I, for you to find out. You didn't know who Slash was, and you fell in love with the band because of the game Guitar Hero, which obviously, through the success, was you know immensely popular. I had it, you know. You know that it's it's a great story, but you know the the thing is, a lot of kids probably have that story. Where they like, Guitar Hero was a, a huge influence on on kids. Like whether whether people realize it or not, it was huge. Like it prompted a lot of kids to pick up the guitar. Um, True. So- I I guess I'm jaded because I have younger brothers, and I've always kind of kind of guided them. I'm like, oh, they learned from me and Guitar Hero. But yeah, yeah, it's not about me. You're right. I'm too self absorbed sometimes. Uh, <laughs> But no, that that's that is quite fascinating. And then the, that South Park, uh, <laughs> that's kind yeah. of going through my head. Oh, that's brilliant! So when you're going down the YouTube, going down the YouTube now, I sound old. So when you're going down, so you started buying records uh, or CDs. I was again, I, I can't get I, out of the old pattern. You started yeah, downloading, um, and streaming. What happened next? Well, I mean, I kind of you know I I went on YouTube. Uh, you know, still I was twelve at the time. Twelve. Um, Love it. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, this is the coolest guy ever. Uh, I was a little, at first I was like a little reserved at, um, um, getting into the new stuff. Cause I, I was very, I, I was very picky with my, um, uh, music choices at the time. So, uh, eventually the rock hall, uh, ended up, uh, the rock hall induction ended up happening uh-huh. and, um, yeah, I remember watching it online. I was like, okay, who is this guy singing for them? Because he sounds amazing. And so I was like, this is Miles Kennedy on vocals. And I'm like, that's Miles Kennedy? I had no clue. So I ended up buying the Maiden Stoke record, okay. which is one of my favorite live albums of all time at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I started listening to the, the newer stuff. And, you know, I, I just, I fell in love with his music. It was amazing. Um, then for your friends, what did they think? Were they, was anyone like, did you have other friends that also like Woe Guns N' Roses or did you stand out and everyone else is into like My Chemical Romance? And I love I, My Chemical Romance. Sorry, yeah, I, know, I, I don't know why I use them as a reference, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, I, I, I stood out because I, I was in um, a community that was very uh, stick to the status quo, if you know what I mean. Um, so it, it was a lot of, uh, there were a few kids, but um, not a lot. Uh, everybody was talking about um, Kanye West and right. guys, guys like that. But uh, in, in, at some point, um, you know, I was easy to get a rise out of as a kid. So they would at points they would be like, you know, you went to the Guns N' Roses show. You know, there there are only forty year old people there. And I'm like, well, forty year old people. Okay, whether they were forty year old people or not, they sold out Gillette Stadium. All right, so they're they're like they're outdated. I'm like. <laughs> so how old were you when you got to see Guns N' Roses for the first time? Yeah, I I wanted to wait until um, the reunion, I guess. Uh, so I was 16, and I remember when I remember the night they announced it, the April Fools' thing they did. Yeah, Troubadour. Yeah, and they announced all the dates for the for the tour too, and. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I, I remember I was in Canada on a school trip. Okay. And I ended up trying. To, I I saw the announcement. They're coming to Gillette Stadium. Um, I immediately texted my dad or I, I called him. I'm like, you got to get on Ticketmaster right now <laughs> and get and get these tickets, please. I will do please anything. Dad, he's sure. like, he's like, dude, you're wasting international minutes right now. Can you hang up the phone? I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah, uh, I was I, and yeah, I just remember the next day scouring the internet for any uh, footage of that Troubadour show, and what I found, I was just like, "Wow, this is this is insane." Yeah, I, I did the same thing too. I, well, I stayed up that night uh, on on Twitter, but watching through Periscope of people like, watching it, and just until like one in the morning. Or maybe yeah. it was three in the morning, wherever it was. But I was like, I can't believe what I'm doing. Yeah, that was such a big moment, and it's it's cool. Again, as we often do on the podcast, to see it from different perspectives, different age groups. Like we spoke to Johan from Sweden, who I, I believe is your age as well. I got some great feedback about uh, about that, about just finding out about the band. He worked backwards. He didn't discover Chinese. He, he discovered Chinese democracy, but you found it through Guitar Hero. So it's still. You're discovering yeah. it in different ways at the same age and not the yeah. conventional, I hate to say it, on the radio kind of way or, you know, music video kind of kind of way. Sure. Uh, There's nothing wrong in that. You know, if you, no. if you find the band, you know, you, you find the band and you, you, if you love it, great. So who did, who did you go with? Did you go with your, your dad the first time? I went, I went with my dad, and he's he's hilarious. He's not really a, a big fun, a big fan of the uh, um, that kind of rock, like the glam rock. It started out with glam rock, so he uh, he kind of meshes them in with all the other glam rock bands. But they're 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 not. I mean, they're not. But if, know, if, I mean, if he has that, if he's a dad, then he has that that outlook. Yeah, he was Whatever. he was big into like like he's one of those guys when Nirvana first came on on the the uh the scene he ended up pulling his car over because he was like this is gonna change everything and, you know it did but i think um guns and roses kind of paved the way for grunge because they kind of took all like the the party anthem kind of stuff and they brought it down like this gritty kind of uh 
what's the word? Uh, well, I, I guess, yeah, Grady's a, a good way of... Sure, like, just a more real, more authentic you know, thing you can relate yeah. to. And I think that's what I I loved about grunge. That that was more in my wheelhouse growing up. For my, again, my age demographic was... I can relate to these, even yeah, they're sad lyrics, they're dark lyrics, you know, oh, yeah. for the most part for, in grunge. And I related to that more than nothing but a good time. You know, yeah. I, I related yeah. to that more. And uh, same thing with GNR. I related to November Rain more than I would. Uh, well, I guess I do kind of relate to Here I Go Again by Whitesnake, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess like yeah. a, yeah. you know, something by Trickster or Britney Fox, you know, those kind of <laughs> things, those, those kind of bands. Yeah. Uh, so, what other shows did you have you seen? Have you gone to in uh, in your your young life? Sorry. Yeah. I, so um, I can't help but be older brother at times. Forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I've seen Slash three times solo. Um, so first time I saw Slash was at the uh, um, it was on the the tour he did with Aerosmith uh, in 2014, and he was promoting. Uh, World on Fire, and I, I ended up seeing him a couple months later uh, when he did another U.S. leg, but as a headliner at Hampton Beach uh, in New Hampshire. And you know, every time, every time I see I see him live, it's, it's just he's a powerhouse, man. Um, even on the last tour, when he did like ninety five percent of it was his stuff with Miles Kennedy and, and the Conspirators, he crushed it. But, uh, man, who else have I seen? I've seen, I, I ended up going to, uh, uh, I've seen Kiss once. I've seen. Well, were uh, all these shows in the, like, Massachusetts, like, have you traveled anywhere to go see a show? Uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> I've traveled to see a Slash show. Um, there that's you like go. Oh. Yeah, I, I ended up, um, going to see him outside of the, uh, the Hard Rock at, uh, at, in, in Florida at Disneyland. Oh, okay. Cool. Or at Universal Studios. So, uh, oh, and I have, he ended up, uh, when he was, th- <laughs> oh my God, this crazy. Uh, it, uh, he, he ended up throwing picks to a lot of the audience. Uh, like, like he usually does. He ended up throwing me the towel he had backstage. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, which I, I basically, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Did it have any? Was that like a special towel? Did it have any sort of slash uh, logo on it, or is it just like a white towel? No, it's just it's just a regular towel. But you know, oh. it's. I hope you took a picture at the show with the towel for like authenticity. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I had to. Uh, yeah, I had to. I ran outside and I was just like, uh, "Dad," he was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you got to yeah, get that, that signed. That was, you got to get that signed. That's the next step, right? I, I hope so. You know, if Crimson ever opens up for Slash, which I pray to God we end up doing someday, um, or even Gun, or Guns N' Roses, if we're, if we're even luckier. Sure. Um, yeah, that's that's probably what I'll I'll end up uh, doing. Try to have him sign it. I uh, like that. Don't don't <laughs> meet him at a show. Don't uh, go to any sort of convention. Do it when you get to that point in your life where you're opening and you guys are kind of colleagues and be like, hey, you know what? Way back when you, I got this towel yeah. from you and I wanted to wait until this moment. That would, yeah, I, I, I like yeah, that. I, I don't uh, I don't expect him, uh, to meet him at a show anytime soon. I mean, well, you know. well I mean, it, it's just it's just that, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he seems like he's a private guy and, 
he, he's probably very quick about getting out of the venue and, and stuff like that. Um, Let me ask you this, because I, I put this on, on social media. Uh, again, this is how you you found me. Obviously, the show, we kept in contact how we scheduled this. Uh, it was taken by uh, Mario, who runs a, uh, a great Guns N' Roses site, uh, an Italian Guns N' Roses site. And it was a picture of Slash grocery shopping. Him in a cart. Yeah, I saw that. Right? Yeah. Looking like Slash. He didn't have the top hat, but he had a backwards hat. He had the leather jacket. He had jeans. Yeah. It's Slash. So my question is, and you can answer this, Leo, as a fan of uh, of Slash. What would you do? Leave him alone? Or, air quotes, accidentally bump carts and hope you, know, you spark a, a lifelong friendship? You know, it's funny you mention that. <laughs> okay. When I went, so that summer uh, that I went to Florida, I ended up running into him at Universal uh, the next, the couple days after the show. Look at that. Um, but, oh, it, uh, I think he thought that we were uh, paparazzi. Oh. Because my family had all their cameras out because <laughs> they knew, like, I, like, how big a fan I was. But basically, what happened was he walks, he starts. I'm just walk, walking around the men in black shop and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Then I look up and all of a sudden I see all the hair. It's all down and he's wearing the back backwards cap. And my mom actually spotted him first and she was like, huh, that guy looks like slash. That might be slash. And she was like, I'm, I'm going to look at Leo cause he's going to know. And she saw me. She's like, Leo, I've known you almost 20 years. You've never gone that pale in your entire life. Cause like I I kind of like I wasn't expecting it I kind of so went into shock I was like oh my god of course not I wouldn't know what to do I wouldn't know what to say either yeah and I I, I ran outside and my my family were all were all there because they saw him walking in and we were like oh my god what happens and they were they were like um uh are you gonna try to meet him I'm like I don't know I was still in, I was still in shock so they were like okay here's what's gonna happen we're gonna we're gonna wait here. If he comes out, he comes out. No worries. If he doesn't, he doesn't. So we waited like five minutes. Um, we got off the ride, and he ended up started coming out. But my and my family with their cameras out again. He looked and he thought he probably thought that we were paparazzi. So he beelines in the other direction, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no!" You scared the wild slash. You scared yes, them all. exactly. So you know, it, I. You know, I, I I'm expecting you know if I ever open up for him, you know I'll probably end up telling him that story. I think he'd get a kick out of it. He would. That's um, hilarious. That's yeah. An, that's just, another I, amazing I, story that I I wasn't expecting. And, yeah, and then then like I went back to the hotel and I just felt bad the rest of the day, not because I didn't get to meet him, but because I felt like I I messed up his vacation. <laughs> oh my god! I guess I'm just picturing oh Slash exiting the uh, the Men in Black store or whatever oh it was oh my god it was uh did he real did he buy one of those uh clicky devices thinking it was real and trying to like you didn't see anything leo i'm not here like forget <laughs> me and he runs the off thing is, the thing is i didn't know the rule that those handlers have basically uh, in um kevin hart po- posted like a new special on netflix and he was talking about like when they go to, when celebrities go to um theme parks they go Okay. The the handlers go. Look, you need to keep your head forward. Follow me, because you are never going to see any of these people again in your life. 
And, you know, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that rule. So he was just, he was probably just following that rule. Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't, you know? I don't, I, I, didn't, I was that. too, I was too in shock to realize that. Um, it's a funny story, you know. Oh yeah. It's better yeah, than I, if you got a picture, honestly, the story. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I, I, I couldn't. Next time. <laughs> I, I, no. Just, uh, you know, approach it, approach the slash slowly. Next yes. Time. <laughs> approach, approach them slowly. Do not keep your cameras out. With Just caution. <laughs> be cool. Yeah. Be cool. yeah. <laughs> I was not in that moment. I really was not. Well, this conversation was cool, Leo. Uh, yeah, be- man. Before we get uh, out of here, I want to ask, is that, because I asked this with all the l- listeners that come on, and we'll, we'll, I want to get all the Crimson Wing uh, information we need. Is that towel your most Guns N' Roses? Is your most prized possession by Guns N' Roses? Do you have anything else that you consider? Pretty much, uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, I got I got a couple of uh, uh, old shirts that I, I kept from like Slash tours, and I, I got some non this lifetime posters back there, uh, hanging on my wall. Oh, I see. Okay. But um, yeah, I you know I got the uh, Funko Pops uh, right above me in my little studio that I made. But yeah, I mean, out of all of it, you know that that kind of has the most like. Wow, this happened to me, kind of. Thing. Sure, it came with the story that you told us uh, today. So, then what is? Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite? I can, I can, I can already picture you uh, you titling this "Lunatic Runs Into Slash at Universal Studios." It, <laughs> what does he do? Oh no, I wouldn't write, but lunatic. I guess think that's just a a funny, charming story considering what yeah. we were just talking about. I always just wanted to get your opinion of what you would do. And you know what? Yeah, and but, I, feel, oh, you found out what I would do. I would just, I would panic and like, ah. I'm not going to act above it. Cause even though, you know, if you follow I'm, I've been very fortunate, you know, pre pandemic to meet many, uh, you know, celebrities and rock stars over my career. Sure. But I'm always, I'm always kind of weird about it. I do my best not to be weird about it because I'm just a weird dude. And when yeah. you're just meeting somebody for the first time, like, how do you not be, how do you explain that? Like, Hey, don't mind my social awkwardness. This is just who I am. I love you. Like I, I gotta like, yeah. so I've just learned at this point, you know, you go through somebody who can introduce you and that's, that's the way to do it. But yeah, it's uh, I'm usually, I would be like that. Like, you know, I would follow him around and like maybe like, is he going to the frozen food section? What kind of yeah? What is he going to buy? I got frozen like, pizzas. Is Slash going to get? What's, what's he doing? You know, was he using coupons? What's he doing? So yeah, yeah. Somebody made a funny comment on that photo. Actually, somebody said I would just say, "Oh my God, it's Megan Hodges." <laughs> I saw that. That made me yeah. laugh as well. So kudos to that guy. Yeah, uh, so what is your your favorite Guns N' Roses song? Do you have? One? Um, you know. I think all-time favorite is Welcome to the Jungle because that's what got me into them. Okay, yeah. Um, After that story, sure. I got a, I got a, a guilt, uh, not a guilty pleasure, but a um, soft spot for November Rain because I'm a November baby. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I like it. I, I, I'm into, I am into a lot of the deep cuts though. Like, um, I, I really hope at some point they bring back uh, maybe Get in the Ring. Yeah. Um, Bad Apples, I like. And I think one of the most underrated songs I got is Locomotive. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that grade, that... I, I love... Like, I, I play that every time I pick up a guitar. It's just such a catchy riff. Oh, beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, Leo, let us know where we can follow uh, Crimson Wing and, and what's on the way for you guys you know where we can listen to music download music are you doing any streaming things yeah man, definitely we're uh we're on spotify right now that's uh basically our main uh form of uh putting out music right now we have one ep out 
It's uh, it's called Halo. So search Crimson Wing Halo and Spotify. It'll probably pop out. Our Instagram is Crimson Wing underscore MA, like Massachusetts. Um, Facebook is Crimson Wing Official. We're on YouTube under Crimson Wing. Yeah, I, I really hope you guys like what we have. I I hope you're, you want to follow us because uh, I think uh, in the coming few months, we'll be picking up steam. Uh, we're hoping to get a, another record out. Um, a record. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there came the accent. It um, slipped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're hoping to have another record out by uh, probably midsummer. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, things are slowly but surely the world, uh, you know, it's getting better here uh, yeah. in this, in the States. Uh, so I, I hope so, but that's, that's awesome. Uh, I know people are very grateful for the listen to, you know, have any sort of entertainment, whether it's listening to this podcast, whether it's new music to experience, because, you know, we're all kind of to be cliche and corny. We're all in this together kind of thing. So, <laughs> you know, we're all looking for something to do to pass the time and, and help, uh, that mental health of ours. So, oh, yeah. so Leo, thanks so much for following the podcast, for being on the show. No, you know, thanks for having me, man. This was a blast. Right on. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you on social media. That's how it'll, it'll yeah. go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds great. That was a fun conversation with Leo. It's really been a, an interesting perspective when we've spoken to young fans, how they get into Guns N' Roses, and then those who kind of came up with the band, the new, you know, Axel when he was Bill and, and Slash when he was Saul and just to get it from different perspectives from the roots of GNR and those who discover them much later in life through through a video game. And yes, Slash is real. Slash is it real. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Who can you expect on the podcast? Well, I can tell you, officially, the Miles Kennedy interview will be out April 5th. Okay, so that is when I'm going to put it out. It's about a half an hour long. We, sp- we speak about the new album, uh, Ides of March, and and yeah, we, we end up talking about Slash, of course, and the Hall of Fame, and some interesting things he had to say about the Hall of Fame. So April 5th, that'll be out. And also, just booked Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden. How badass is that? So look on the way for that. As far as other guests, and if you would like to participate like Leo in this episode... If you want to be an appetite for discovery, you want to do a fan obsession, you want to co-host a potential interview, make sure you follow on social media for all the updates and the conversation and how it continues in between the broadcast. So Facebook.com slash the AFD show or on Twitter at the AFD show, Instagram appetite for distortion. Please follow on YouTube, follow and subscribe on YouTube and however you listen to podcasts, iHeartRadio, you know, a Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just Thanks for thanks for following and subscribing. If you can leave a review there, please do so. And until next time, when you're going to see the next episode and hear it, and who will the next guest be? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know as soon as the word. No! No! Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home. <laughs>